0: Game. All right, welcome
1: to Vegas Hockey Hotline, powered by Station Casinos and the STN Sports app. Stevie Slapshot, I'm Dana Lane from the Brian Blessing studio. He would eat this stuff up, wouldn't he? He is always hungry. Because I asked you about it. I said, how would Brian, because I had my thoughts about it. I mean, would he just dig into this because something doesn't feel right? Or the, would he just let it go? And the, I, I think he would dig in. The, the Brian
2: Blessing Studios, the naming of it? Is that what you're talking about? No, the, the Donoff. Oh, oh, no. He would. We would <laughs> We would have done two full hours of the Donoff and
1: he'd be screaming. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I don't feel as bad. Okay. Anyway, uh, we'll get into that a little bit later, I guess, again. I mean, it's what answers are you going to get? I mean, unless they send out another a little morsel of information or something gets leaked. I mean, it is what it is, and everybody's going to claim what they're going to claim, and that's, it. you know, that's it. I mean, it's our job to... Stir the pot. D- not stir the pot. I'm yes, trying. I want to stir the pot. <laughs> I mean, we root for stories. I don't know if that's the same as stirring the pot. We're not. Tr- I'm not trying to... I, hey, look, look, the Golden Knights were the top team in the Pacific right now, and everybody was, you know, they had two... What two injuries. We'd be talking about that. That's the story, but you got to talk about the story. And unfortunately, the only story right now is either talking about them falling out of the playoff pitcher, because everybody's got games in hand on them, except Los Angeles. Uh, okay. massive games in hand, or we could talk about this the Donoff contract that just seems it seems insane to me. I just I don't understand. I guess it's Ottawa didn't say anything. But I don't understand how uh, Vegas doesn't come right back. And, you know, Kelly McCrimmon doesn't say, hey, look, by the way, I see this node trade. Are you sure? We just want to make sure about this. That conversation was never had. That's where I have the problem, because I'm not a lawyer. I didn't go to law school. I, I couldn't even get through a semester at Notre Dame. But I know when I see that on a contract, I'm like, you know, I better ask about this. And that's the thing, that's the sticking point to me that I don't, I'm trying to figure out. I mean, we, we want a place to blame in Ottawa, and certainly they will take it. That They'll probably take the majority of it.
2: They, they haven't fought back to, in, in the media, to my knowledge. No, so so I, no, but but at the same time, him.
1: that's the way the NHL is, isn't it, Stevie? Uh, it, it's like it, it. We're gonna just we'll let it go, and then it will become yesterday's news.
2: Correct, and and that's kind of the way it is in sports in general. I, by, by stirring the pot, I I want to I want to I get to I want to find the truth. I, and look, we're not going to. I I, I know that going in, but I, I want to try and find out as much of the truth as I as I can. Right, because you're... I think I know what happened, but I can't prove it. So.
1: I, you can't prove it because you're not in a room. Correct. I, I just know when you're trying to put together a timeline, it doesn't add up. And you have all these questions as to, well, why doesn't it add up? Uh, and, you know, it would be different if Vegas said, hey, um, you know, can we we have something in writing that this does not exist anymore, that this is not valid. Uh, and despite the fact that it says it on the contract that we have right in front of us. Yeah. Ah. Oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that, Kelly. Because remember they said, it's all good? Yeah. Oh, all right.
2: Who who was it that said? Did, did Did Ottawa tell Vegas that he didn't
1: file? Who was it that told Vegas that he didn't file? Did somebody say he didn't file? I don't think anybody... Well, I think that was... Isn't that the case at first it came out and they said that? And then it changed. Like, things changed. And then everybody, you know... Everybody's a COVID expert. Everybody's a contract expert now. I'm not. So again, I'm just trying to piece together what's being told.
2: I'm I'm with you. I want to try and find out what the truth is. And again, we're probably not never going to. And if it's just
1: negligence or incompetence, I want to know that too. Because I I think there's some of that residue in everybody's camp in this. yeah, Yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's welcome in the director and senior fantasy editor for NHL.com. And of course has a terrific podcast called NHL fantasy on ice from the NHL network. Let's bring in Pete Jensen and Pete, I had a chance to go through your fantasy hockey page on NHL.com slash fantasy. There's really nothing more that a fantasy hockey fan could want than what's right there on that page.
3: Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, the kind words there. Yeah. We, we update our top 200 overall rankings, our top 100 forwards, top 50 defensemen, top 25 goalies every single week, including in the offseason. We have our podcast twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. Myself and Nick Alberga cover fantasy, yeah. uh, kind of loosely cover uh, some betting angles and things like that. Um, and I think if you're even just a general hockey fan who follows the Golden Knights and wants to know more about the rest of the league um, there's no better place for that because we dive pretty deep into all 32 teams and their prospects and their lineups and everything like that so yeah definitely check it out if you haven't already
1: does fantasy get it in the way of you being a fan of a specific team like when i and every reason i've asked is because that happened to me and i think even from a, a wagering standpoint that happens sometimes. And I've really have had to put that into a, a compartment because I enjoy being a fan. I enjoy rooting for the Boston Bruins. I enjoy rooting for the Vegas golden Knights. I want those teams to do well because that was the magic uh, of being a fan when I was young. And then obviously, you know, as you grow up, you, you change a little bit in, in the way that you are a fan, uh, but for, from a guy that's like knee deep into fantasy, Do you find yourself rooting for players more than you do teams, and does that sit well with you?
3: Well, I mean, I work for the league, so I cover, like, every team the same. In all honesty, like, I can always appreciate each team's success uh, when it happens, uh, whether we're talking regular season upset or deep playoff run, you know, a sleeper team or anything like that. Um, I definitely know, though, that fantasy – can get in the way of, like, a team that you like. Like, for example, like, I know, like, there are some Islander fans that got in on Igor Shesterkin this year, and it's paying <laughs> off really nicely for them. Yeah. Um, when I was, you know, I'm a New York Jets fan. I'm not going to lie, I've had Tom Brady on my fantasy team many times in my life, so um, that conflicts there for sure, but yeah, I think I think in general, fantasy, um, and we're starting to see it with, with the betting stuff, like, It helps you become a more educated fan, a more, um, you know, expanded fan where you know more about the other teams, you know the trends with the other teams, and then when you watch them come into your home rink, you know more about them, you're more informed, and uh, you can enjoy the game more even if your team loses because you can start to appreciate or care about the success of of some of the other players in the league and some teams from the Eastern conference, when you're watching a Western conference team every night. So, um, and it just makes it more interesting, more right. fun. And that's, it's really good for fan engagement. I think it's one of the best fan engagement tools that sports leagues have, to be honest.
1: Well, I've always said that about wagering as well. I, I think the reason why it takes off is, you know, there's an athlete in all of us, uh, some we've long forgotten what it was like, but, At some point when we were growing up, we identified with athletics. We wanted to be part of it. And then as you get older, those fantasies about playing or coaching or, you know, being a general manager or whatever those those things were, they kind of start to fade. So you you look to other ways to be close to the game. And yes, rooting for your team is great. But these avenues of wagering and fantasy, I, I just think those are tools that bring people closer to the game, and it, it, it makes them somewhat fulfill what they've always wanted to fulfill back when they wanted to be a player or, or a coach.
3: Yeah, and and think about it too. Like if you have a a fan of a of a home team that even is a really big fan that has season tickets, but then they go home at night after the game, you know, maybe they care about some other teams for the for different reasons with like the standings implications and things like that but this gives you a reason when you get home from that game to check up on what you know what the senators did against the maple leafs that night or what whatever some random game going on outside of your favorite team or your favorite division um, or even your favorite conference it's uh yeah it, it helps you um just kind of become a better fan, the way I see it, like where you're, you're more into it. You can be in these leagues or contests uh, for DFS with your friends and family if they also like hockey, and it's a way to bring people in to watch hockey more, um, to participate in these types of things. So, yeah, it's just really good stuff for the league, and definitely over the past five years or so, I've seen um, I've seen it really skyrocket, um, whereas. You know, 10 years ago, like it was more of a, you know, making a case about how important fantasy is. Now it's like being embraced more by the league overall, which is a great thing for everybody involved, especially the fans. Like the fans reach out to us uh, directly every single day, all year round, asking about implications of the trade deadline, implications of free agency. What does this mean for last year's expansion draft? And, to my team or to my fantasy keeper you know there's just there's so much going on it just makes it really fun because it's really become uh 24 7 365 type coverage that we do
2: hey pete with the uh, trade deadline having come and gone on monday i was just wondering is there a player or two that really stood out to you with their new team where their fantasy numbers are, are, are going to be on the rise now? Did did, did a player find you like, like a perfect situation for him? Or is it, it a, a spot on a team that needed that specific player at that spot where their numbers are going to go up?
3: Yeah, I mean, besides the obvious, like Marc-Andre Fleury and, and Claude Giroux going to better teams and where their fantasy value is going to rise. There's obviously Ricard Raquel. I think if he gets on the second line with Evgeny Malkin in Pittsburgh, could be a real boost for his uh, production. I like Hampus Lindholm going from the Ducks to the Boston Bruins, where he's going to be playing in his first game Thursday night against the Lightning. Great matchup in the Atlantic Division, and he's going to be playing with Charlie McAvoy on the top pair. So His production is definitely going to be a lot better than it was in recent years in Anaheim. And then, you know, there are a couple other sneaky names. Like, I like Andrew Kopp and his versatility for the New York Rangers. The Rangers have two good lines, but the rest of their lineup, uh, to be honest, you know, prior to the couple of trades they made, is a little underwhelming. But Kopp could play third-line center for them. He could play first or second-line right wing and get some exposure to Panarin or Zabanajad and Kreider. So yeah, I think that Andrew Kopp is a was a stealth addition by the Rangers, especially that they're gonna they're gonna have their hands full. Whoever they play in the first round in the metro, whether it's Carolina, you know, or Pittsburgh, they're gonna have their hands full. So I think it it kinda narrows the playing field and I think Kopp's first game, two assists against the Devils the other night was a great example. He'll be able to contribute Uh, quite a bit for that team and a lot of different lineup placements.
1: We're talking to Pete Jensen from NHL.com and the NHL Network does a great job on both of those platforms. And Pete, let me give you three players and and you tell me uh, which one you think is going to have the biggest impact on their team. You've already talked about Ricard Raquel. Uh let's start with Marc Andre Fleury, who is, you know, still very I mean, two organizations removed now from Vegas and we still right. are are trying to get over this, I guess. And uh mm-hmm. Marc Andre Fleury, Claude Giroux, and Ricard Raquel, which one of those makes their teams instantly better because they felt they, they filled an immediate need?
3: Well, Florida's a unique case. Florida might be the deepest team that I've ever seen. All, like all different positions, you know, their forward group, their top nine forward group is absolutely loaded. So I, I don't think that Florida needed Claude Drew necessarily, but my goodness, they're going to be even deeper and more versatile than they were before. They're already the best offense in the league, so how much better can you really get with that? But Yeah, Marc-Andre Fleury, I think, raises the ceiling for the, for the Minnesota Wild. Um, they were a nice story last year this year really started and looked like one of the elite teams, but then they're goaltending and went by the wayside. They've dealt with some injuries on defense. But I feel like Minnesota, now that they have Flurry, and you've already seen it with Talbot, he's picked up his game. He had a That's shutout right, right yeah. after the right after the trade for Flurry. So the competition is a good thing and I think Minnesota is one of the, I don't know, five to seven teams out there that Could actually win the whole thing like you could talk about maybe a team making a deep run surprise run and getting to the cup final but in in many cases that team loses to the better team like montreal last year and dallas the other year but i could see that being a situation where minnesota takes flurry and his pedigree and it puts them over the top potentially
1: yeah and that's the one thing that people don't talk about i mean they think marks are going to come in including myself eventually is going to be you know the start of there but at the same time it lights a spark really under under cam talbot to say hey you know maybe the spark that 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 cocking wasn't going to provide to him that hey i need i now i have a, a real chance of losing the majority of my playing time now i better get going it was fan yeah. he, he's been fantastic since uh he gets to start again tonight but uh, that is that something too that you know may regardless if we're talking about Florey or drew or raquel i mean it's the effect on everybody else so when you're playing fantasy explain to me how you anticipate one player's uh, entrance into a team to affect everybody else and oh by the way there's also that school of thought for the first two or three games that maybe you don't jump on these guys because or maybe you you take guys that you already have on your team that's uh, affected by the trade and maybe you lay off of them a little bit because the higher the player in your lineup if he's a top three forward everybody else is going to have to shuffle And so that means that there at least is going to be a game or two of, okay, this is my new role. This is my playing time. That's going to take some getting used to. So let's not always think of these players as just robots. We're going to take them here and put them here, and they're going to be great. So is that accurate? Like when you look at your fantasy team that you think, okay, I got to take that into account as well?
3: Yeah, I mean, with the Florida Panthers, for example, like he's going to take away somebody's spot. Giroux is on the first power play. If he's playing, you know, I know he's starting with Verhage and Barkov, but if he moves down to play center with Hubertot, then that means Sam Bennett's not going to be there anymore. And Sam Bennett relies on that even strength production to be fantasy relevant. So, and even like a Sam Reinhardt, who's been playing a lot on the third line and is there third leading scorer about a point per game this season for Florida. He might get affected if he gets bumped off the first power play, or if he has to change positions from wing to center, because that's one thing that's a luxury with Giroux. He can play in many different situations in different positions and take face-offs. He's one of the best face-off guys in the whole league in terms of volume and also percentage. He's got a huge volume, even when he plays the wing sometimes, and he, he's been, like, top five in, in face-off win percentage this season. So he's going to help the team overall. But, yeah, can those other guys remain as relevant as they've been because, you know, there's going to be that shuffling and maybe constant shuffling. So we'll see. But then it's funny, like, you think, that you think back to Philly, his old team, and you think, oh, man, that team's not going anywhere. But then all of a sudden the two games since the trade, Kevin Hayes has multi point games in both of them. So there's always an angle to find some sneaky producer as a result of these trades, even if it's a te- an old teammate affected or a guy that's going to take on an expanded role, you know, because a guy just left one of his old teammates.
2: Hey, Pete, here in Vegas, obviously a lot of injuries this year, but that affords some guys, you know, at the AHL level to get up here to the NHL and get some games out of their belt, get some experience has any one of the guys that that, that has come up from uh, Henderson here to Vegas impressed you to the point that you think man this guy in the future could really be something anyone stood out that's come up from the uh, Silver Knights?
3: Uh it's it's been tough with Vegas this year because you know obviously I was uh I was a big fan of Krebs and Tuck and now they're now they're doing it for the Buffalo organization. So it's um you know I think that it's I'm happy to see like uh I'm happy to see Nolan Patrick uh at least be in the mix a little bit here. I know he's only played 24 games, but it's uh you know, I think that definitely on defense I've been impressed with how that they've been able to, you know, keep uh stay relevant even though the goaltending like I was looking today the goaltending for the Golden Knights is bottom 10 in the NHL. I mean, that's because Leonard wasn't that great even before he got injured unfortunately and now they're just trying to plug away with Bressois and and Thompson but yeah Thompson has been a nice little story right 9-10 save percentage no, in, I think he's fantastic games. Yeah, I mean he's been better than Bressois Not this easily. year and, and he's been better than Leonard at points so I, I think it's really interesting I know it's because they had to stand pat at the deadline because of the, the Donov situation and because of all these significant significant players that have been injured at untimely moments of the season with Stone and Pacioretty and and Leonard, but I'd be interested to see if if Thompson can emerge here more than he already has because um, I mean, I I find it I I would find it hard to believe if Vegas went down without a fight here, even though they're missing some key guys. I still trust a lot of those guys in that locker room. I think they're fighting recent years.
1: I think they're fighting, though, Pete. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't say that I, I see a lack of fight. I mean, I saw a lack of fight maybe yeah. against Buffalo and maybe against Philadelphia. But then, you know, once they got comfortable with each other, and I know, you know, Lord knows that the their lineup changes from night to night. But as a group, right. I mean, I think I never want to, when I'm talking about this team, I never want to come across like I don't see fight. I may not see fight on sure. a power play. I may not see that fight in in front of the uh, of the net because, uh, you know, that to me, positioning when you don't have the puck and what you do without the puck is as important as when you do have it. Um, but, yeah. you know, for me, and I don't know if you, you see something different, but you know, they put a ton of shots on net. I don't know how much are, are quality shots. I don't think they make a, opposition goaltenders work too much, but – From what you've seen of them, I mean, is it an automatic go-against? You mentioned wagering early on. Is it just at this point, is an automatic go-against, or do you like the fight that you see?
3: I love the fight that I saw from them earlier in the year when guys were missing two and they were still winning all those road games. And, um, you know, they showed a lot of resiliency. So, and I don't think, like, I think it's unfair for anybody out there to criticize Eichel because you know, he came back from a serious injury and he's playing on the top line and yep. he's been fairly productive. I know they haven't scored a goal as a team in two straight games now, but um, he's generating the shots. he have got 10 goal, uh, 10 shots in those past two games combined. So I think Eichel will be fine. I, I love what I've seen from Stevenson this year. And I agree with you. I think that they're, they're hanging in there. The problem is like the expectations are just too really? high every year for yep. them probably. And then you can't have injuries. Sometimes one injury derails the team from making the playoffs. You can't have three or four of your best players all injured at the same time and, I mean, I know, I'm sure whatever the number was on them missing the playoffs at the beginning of the season is insane to think about in hindsight, but this is what needed to happen for them to miss the playoffs. If that's what happened, they'd have to have three or four or five key contributors get injured, and that's the situation right now with Stone, Pacioretty, Leonard, Martinez, Riley Smith. You know, that's been the story of the season, so that's why if they miss it, um, it's not like a dysfunctional team, it's like... All these guys are missing, so what are they supposed to do,
1: you know? Yeah, well, Pete, we appreciate you coming on. I mean, you were fantastic as advertised. And tell everybody, and I want to make sure that all the things that you you do are properly promoted because you're involved in a ton of things. I know you're on NHL.com and the, the NHL Network, but you know, talk about your fantasy stuff and where people can find it.
3: Sure, yeah, you can hit me up anytime, NHL Jensen, NHL Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, whether it's about your fantasy lineups or, you know, a futures idea you have, you want to get our input, it's, uh, you know, we, we respond all, all hours of the day. It's a, it's a lot of fun to interact directly with fans. Um, I go on NHL Network every Monday afternoon to talk uh, about the week ahead and reflect on the weekend. And, again, yeah, NHL Fantasy on Ice, check it out on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Um, we cover fantasy, general hockey, and some of the betting angles all year long. So it's it's fun to be a part of, fun to cover all the teams in uh, this high-flying sport of hockey that's so unpredictable. So I appreciate anybody that uh, starts listening to the show after today. But thanks again for having me on.
1: Yep, no problem at all, Pete, and we'll talk to you soon. And all the best to you with your uh, fantasy teams.
3: Thanks. Yeah, it's uh we're getting close to the fantasy playoffs, so uh everybody's getting excited about that and then when you get to the playoffs there are gonna be, you know, fantasy pools and stuff like that and bracket challenge type things. So we'll be all over that as well. That's like a new season for us when, when the playoffs come around. So thanks again and have a great rest of the week.
1: Yeah, if I ever brought fantasy into my house. On, Trouble? On the NHL level at least. Uh, yeah, it would, I, I'm trying to squeeze what I do now and, and, you know, try to be present. It's man. Every day. It's I've got to the point and I heard somebody say this the other day on the radio. I, I don't know if it was on the NHL radio network. I'm sure it was where somebody said on Friday nights, I just take it off. <laughs> and that is what I've started to do. You do just Friday nights,
2: Friday nights. It's you and the cats and that's it.
1: No, no. If my you know my wife's still there, we go out. Oh, look at you. We'll be back with Tyler Cash.
5: Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar & Grill, 4955 South Dakota. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is
4: home of the famous Steak Bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you.
3: Hey, Golden Knights fans. I'm attorney Adam Cutner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our Power Play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a Power Play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag #AdamCutnerPowerPlay. And when the Golden Knights score, that
4: lucky fan wins tickets to the Fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights Go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights superfans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree! best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles
5: Game Day Giveaway. It's only... At Terribles. Visit terribles.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trope has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24/7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar & Grill, 4955 South Dakota.
1: that time of the show right it's uh figure out the tune that you're playing that we
2: played it yesterday. oh no
1: this is chicago yeah see
2: look at that i had i had to hit hit a button i i I called the next guest late so i was running out of time and i just hit a button
1: wow i mean i don't like when they're on for when they're waiting for five minutes but i I, correct we should turn this into a three-hour show well that'd be epic (laughs) i got things to say Oh, well, anyway. All right. Well, back on Vegas Hockey Hotline. uh, Stevie Slapshot. I'm Dana Lane from the Brian Blessing Studio, sponsored by Station Casinos, powered by the STN app, which is is absolutely the best app out there. And there's a reason why they sponsor our show. It's because I looked at these apps, I had, had them all at one point, and I thought, this one's the best. And, of course, Chuck's been fantastic. So. It's
2: absolutely the best app.
1: That's so great. <laughs> really good. So I had a, a a tweet from somebody to ask me about the cats. Okay. Because you are constantly making cat references. Yes. Okay. I, I will say this. In, in the name of trying to be relatable uh, to not many men <laughs> because <laughs> – not many people have as many cats as i do but there's a reason i have six cats okay again fairly good size house all right so it's not like we're in my apartment all right neighbor in our previous home mm-hmm. two cats let them run around not fixed okay Okay, you with me so far yeah because i don't want to have any confusion that'll grow you know, the similar cat to contractual confusion right. i got you we started feeding them. It was in the middle of winter. They were out there freezing. Now, believe me, I, I grew up, I love cats. Okay. Grandmother was a huge cat person, and I'd, I love cats. It's just the way it is. Don't care. We started feeding them. They started to like each other. Okay. One day, they, they started to come in the house, and they found their way into the doggy door. One day, because it's not our responsibility, we didn't get them fixed. Okay. Well, cats did what they cats do. All Of a sudden, mom's pregnant, and then she has four babies. Okay, so we took care of the babies, finally got mom and dad fixed. We didn't care what the neighbor said at this point, we we're spending 300 bucks a month on food. <laughs> and then, voila, we have six cats. To which my wife always said, Hey, look, we got to get rid of some of these, we can't have six cats. And I said, sure, baby. Which one do you want to get rid of? You want to get rid of that cute little fluffy orange and white one or the one over there that looks like a little marble color? Like, which one are you going to go tell that we're going to get rid of? (laughs) Well, we didn't get rid of any. So that's how we have six cats. All right. All siblings, all related. End of story. Okay.
2: And the the neighbors have never come over to get their cats back?
1: No, we moved since then. Oh, okay. Yeah, we moved
2: into this new house. So you hijacked these cats. No, we didn't hijack it. They they moved from the the neighbors left and left the cats in your house. The more house.
1: I do this, I realize there's other shows that could be had yeah. for our <laughs> our cat half an hour. Start sorry, Tyler. We we'll get to you in a second for our cat half an hour. This is the way it went. They were moving. The mom was still nursing her babies. The little girl comes over to get her cat. Okay, and we're we're like devastated because we don't know how are these babies going to get fed now. Right. Not 10 seconds later, that cat was out of their house, through our doggy door, and up the stairs. To which, now we're in a position of, if you try to come get your cat, because you're not taking care of it. I, it's not like we're stealing your cat. Right. You're not taking care of it. We've been keep taking care of it and feeding it for months. So, now if you knock on my door, we'll just say, what? No idea? Yeah. No idea? Sorry, little girl. <laughs> I mean, if you took care of them to begin, beginning, believe me, they're so happy. All right. We got it. We got their back. Okay. All right. Done, done with uh, Cat Fancy Talk. Back to Vegas Hockey Hotline. We're joined right now by Tyler Cash. You have, Tyler, you have an insanely great podcast called the Fourth Line Goon Hockey Podcast. Want to welcome you in. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. You're a local guy with this, in, in, this great podcast, has a huge following, and we started the, the show today by talking about different podcasts that, you know, all of a sudden there's so much here in the Valley as far as hockey is concerned, and then, you know, you're doing some research to get people on the show, and you're, you're looking at these podcasts, and you're thinking, wow, what a following that this guy has or this girl has created it's in insane how much everybody loves hockey in this town and i'm looking at your numbers your followers uh, on twitter and i'm thinking wow this is great i mean when did you start this and what did you do except i guess use your overall talent to gain the amount of followers you have so uh, we've been doing the
6: podcast now for a little over two years and uh before that we, we, we started it as a more of a I guess a meme centricated group, you know, on Facebook, kinda of just getting the attention of people through jokes and you know little tidbits, like no no real news, like no real opinions, just some you know, some hockey related humor, you know, some some lighthearted stuff to kinda of keep uh keep things fun and you know, we established a, a decent base through that. I'd say we didn't even start the podcast until we were somewhere in the ballpark of like ten thousand followers through social media. And, um, you know, it was always a a goal of mine to start, you know, moving more towards the the culture of it. When whether that be a podcast, you know, we do a clothing line from time to time, we do, you know, limited runs of shirts and and stickers and stuff like that. Just, I don't know, man, just keep it fun. And, you know, hockey has always been a a big part of my life and it's cool to kind of have it as this uh, hobby that, that sort of took off in a much uh, stronger direction.
1: And I see you commented on the Kelly McCrimmon press conference pertaining to the Dadanoff contract. The Knights have been always pretty tight-lipped about injuries and what's going on, you know, in pert- pertaining to contracts or or things like that. I mean, that's been a day-one thing. But I wonder sometimes if it's better just to come out and I mean, you don't have to say, you know, this guy's going to be out for three weeks, or you don't have to say specifically what the injury is. But I mean, sometimes we'd like to know a little bit more specifically about the length of time or what they're thinking. Uh, and I, again, I understand that it's the competitive balance, but I wonder if that is countered by if you don't tell people or give them something to go on, then some people that are covering this team, it's just their job to speculate. And I don't think speculation is better than facts at, at some time. How do, you, how do you feel about that?
6: No, you know, you're right. The speculation definitely leads to nasty rumors that can make players and, and teams across the league, you know, look bad potentially or, or just, you know, have an ill take on certain situations. But here's the thing, you know, this, this goes way, way before the Golden Knights were even thought of as a hockey team. You know, this is something that, that organizations across the league have, have done to, to protect their players, whether through headhunting you know, if this is a player that's dealing with a concussion and they really don't want him to go into the postseason and, and to get hurt, you know, furthermore by some of these more enforcer-like characters on other teams. And, you know, that was more so, you know, old-school hockey. Hasn't really been so much a thing in the league over these years outside of, you know, players like Tom Wilson. But, you know, that that's really what it originated at. And, you know, it also goes to protect the, you know, just the – the player's value as far as it goes to teams. Like if they're going to constantly, you know, say, Oh, this player has been struggling with, let's say a knee injury, uh, their entire, you know, career, they're not going to be appealing to another club. So it it really, you know, it's in the best interest of not only the players, but the teams. And, And they don't really mean to keep things from the fans. It's just, you know, we're living in a day and age where technology is just everywhere. You know, like you're talking to me about my podcast, you know, we're obviously chatting hockey with, with your guys' show. And you got so many blogs, so many YouTube channels. It's, it's really not the league's fault that, you know, we're kind of now in this realm of news first and, and everyone's digging everywhere and wanting to like know more, you know, it's just kind of evolved into that. And I think, some teams might embrace that and, and might be more open with their fan base and more open with media. But, you know, it's hard to to not understand and respect why a team would want to keep that under wraps.
1: Yeah, I understand why they do it. I, I just, you know, when just depends on what side of the counter you're on uh, from a, a media standpoint where you're trying to, you know, kind of speculate when guys would come back and you're not really, you know, I think back to Eric Holla. We had no idea how bad his injury was, but just because of the way that the team had carried themselves through previous injuries, you just knew the more time that went by that you didn't get any information. You knew it was bad at that point. And I, I, I honestly get it, but what happens is it, the opposite on, on social media and on Twitter, You know, people start to – Throw things out and start to throw things, uh, rumors out about what specific injury, injury a player has, how long they're going to be out, and that to me, I think hurts the team or the player uh, just as much. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure which which way I kind of fall on that. I, somewhere in the middle, I think Tyler is a little bit more honesty, and I don't think it's. I, I don't mean to say it's dishonest. I just mean. Hey, look, this, this player, yeah. we're, we're speculating he's going to be out for a week or two or something like that. But from the Knights standpoint, it's not just them. It's a league thing. And we have seen yeah. where you know, teams are trying to, for lack of a better way to say it, control the message a little bit with their own insider and really do not want independent coverage with independent opinions. Right. Correct. And, and, it, you know, they're not going to be able to
6: control the media and how big it's going to grow and, and how, how quickly people want to have, you know, all of this news at their fingertips. But yeah, it really is a, a double-edged sword, you know, but it, it's, like I said, it's it's league wide. It's not something new. Uh, it's just the fact that, you know, the Golden Knights have been an organization for just five years now and they've been very, um, let's say media front, like the, you know, there's, there's all kinds of coverage, you know, they open practices and, you know, the nighttime at noon that they're doing for the fans and, you know, all these uh, fan fests and they're just been, they, they're really hands-on and interactive and, you know, they're a new team. And I guess when you have that kind of transparency, people just kind of expect the business part to follow along, mm-hmm. but it's a double-edged sword, you know, it's, they really are trying to do what everybody else in the league is trying to do and just, you know, protect their their uh, their club.
2: Tyler, it literally is a must-win now. We, we hear that phrase thrown around uh, quite a bit from time to time, but it, it's must-win for the Knights here in these uh, in these last few games. Nashville comes in tonight. Uh, Yoshi, Duchesne, Forsberg having great seasons. Uh, Nashville's going to be in the playoff picture. The Knights are fighting to get there. Uh, what do you think we're looking at tonight? Uh, Reddy was on the ice at practice. Maybe we see him. And uh, Dadnoff. Back on the ice for the uh, golden knights uh, how how awkward is that if uh, if if at all for you
6: I, I don't think it's awkward for anybody involved I, I think the Donoff's a professional I think he's here to play hockey and you know just judging by uh, his persona and how he's handled media and how he just handles his business he seems like he's you know here to to score and man he was on a he was on a tear there you know he had five goals and I think seven games and then that got disrupted due to business and I think he understands that, man. I, I think that the players in, in the soccer room, especially now, realize that it's a business and they're they're thankful to be playing for a you know, a contending team even though it's hard times. I, I personally would like to see Dadanoff up on that top line with Eichel and hopefully Patch Like I think that he has been grinding lately. I think he's he's earned his spot and you know, it, it didn't come down to his play, it didn't even come down to his personality, it was just a business move, you know, and I, don't, I I I wish the best for him. I think that uh I think he's going to have all the game and that that could be about the best that we need from him and uh yeah, man, uh they're definitely a scary team uh you know, Nashville is. Like they they decided to go all in. They kept Phil Forsberg. They didn't deal him a deadline. They're somewhere in that race still where they're not secured, but they're not far from it. Um I don't know. I I I am nervous. I know a lot of fans are nervous for sure, but if you look at the 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 stretch that we got coming up, we have Seattle a couple of times. We have Arizona. We have Vancouver a handful of times. It should be a relatively easy stretch to get to that cutoff line, which I believe the league was you know speculating that ninety three points might be the the playoff line. So if these guys really want it bad enough, uh, you know it's theirs for the taking. I think they they can hit
5: that.
1: Yeah, you talked about. I was looking through your Twitter feed, and you also talked about. You'd film some stuff for PBS that's coming out this summer. Can you talk a little bit about that?
6: Yeah, so uh, I'm not sure what I'm what I'm allowed to disclose, but I am allowed to oh, hear just say it, it all, I, I Tyler. A... <laughs> say, nobody's listening. Just go. <laughs> it's just me and Steve. Yeah, no, yeah, it's uh, I, you know, I and I actually don't know everything about it, but I do know that PBS is putting together some sort of show uh, for kids uh, regarding the science of, of sports and. They came to me uh, a couple months back and, with the idea of, of discussing the hockey portion and, and you know what goes into play when uh, with equipment and whatnot with the hockey players and the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, so yeah I, I worked with them and we filmed something really fun it, it turned out great and it's supposed to start airing this summer so it's uh, going to be I guess one of the one of the episodes and one of the sports that they're breaking down just the science of things to kids.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. Hey, let's get away from the Knights for a second. Uh, you talked about Phil Kessel a little bit. I saw some comments about that. And I was surprised he didn't get moved. But then I guess everything is kind of hindsight because once you see why he didn't get moved and, and the comments in relation to it, then you think, ah, yeah, I, I kind of get that. And maybe Phil himself said, you know i'm not really comfortable with getting moved either maybe that changed with the fact he just had a new baby and maybe he didn't want to move at this point either that's a tough contract to get rid of um and and maybe for a player that didn't want to go somewhere what do you what do you see as far as his future and maybe a guy that once everything kind of settles down in his life is probably going to get moved over the summer i would think yeah you know honestly
6: I don't think that it was a situation where the player didn't want to move. Because if you look at it this way, he knew his wife was going to be in labor. He still boarded the plane. He still, uh, I can't remember where they were playing, but he landed, went out onto the ice, did one shift to make sure that he kept his Ironman streak alive, then skated off the ice, got back on a plane, and went back to Arizona to be there with his wife for the birth of his first child. So, I mean, that's that's some dedication. And then he didn't even miss a game. So I mean, it's clearly obvious that this guy has a passion for hockey, despite being on a team that's kind of struggling right now. And I think that says a lot. I mean, I know he's mainly got assists this year. He's not really netted a lot of goals, but I, you know, two-time Stanley Cup champion. I, I think he still has a little bit of gas in him, just maybe not for that price point. And I think the price point might have scared people away. Even with a fifty percent retention, you're still looking at somewhere in the ballpark. I think it was like three point five or four million, and you know. With the cap hit not going up like everyone thought they were, we're seeing players like Hagel, who, you know, got two first round picks simply because of a two point five million dollar cap hit for the next two years. Yep. I mean, this these are things these are things that are appealing to, to teams around the league and they're they're kind of afraid of these high contracts, even when they're discounted and even when they are rentals. So yeah, I, I don't think we've heard the last of Silva Thrill, I think he's going to be around in the league for sure, but I'd imagine
1: he's going to sign a much smaller contract yes. this time around. But can't you see a scenario where his wife said, oh, man, really, I'm going to do this all alone? And he's, he's thinking, oh, yeah, I get it. I mean, you know, the only person he doesn't want to answer to more than the, uh, the GM of Arizona is, is probably his wife. I mean, I could see that scenario where maybe earlier in the year, uh, at least 10 months ago, he thought about – you know, maybe getting out of Arizona and that was going to happen. Uh, I don't know. I could just see uh, 8 million is tough to move for sure. Uh, But there was not, not any rumblings that he wasn't going to move. It was almost a foregone conclusion, but I mean, can he stay there, Tyler? I mean, is this a guy that's so happy in Arizona that he doesn't want to go anywhere else in his career?
6: I mean, it's really what Arizona is going to offer him. You know, I, I don't know what he's going to fetch in the open market and I don't think he's happy, no. But I mean, as you said, family, you know, is coming into play. He's got a newborn, I believe, daughter, and you know, yes. that's he's. He, but he's not quite done, you know. Like he's he's, he's going to have another a few kid. Years in him, yeah. I, well, he might have. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, breaking you know, news. You know how these hockey you know how these hockey players are, man. They just pop them out, man. You There's are so many, inside so many big families <laughs> for sure. Uh, no, man. I don't think he's done. I, it's an interesting take, yeah. If they would offer him maybe somewhere in the ballpark of you know three, four million for the next three, four years, then maybe he does stay a Coyote. I don't. I mean, I don't know. It, it really depends on who's interested in him in the open market because it didn't really seem like anybody was at the deadline.
1: I mean, honestly, Tyler. I mean, who, who would not want to play at the home of Arizona, Arizona State Sun Devil hockey? So I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean that has to weigh on him. Uh, personally, as well. Tyler, you've been fantastic. Please tell everybody where they can hear your podcast, the name of it, and anything else that you'd like to promote.
6: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I co host a, a hockey podcast called Fourth Line Goon. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, all that great stuff. FourthLineGoon.com. That's about it, man. We're getting ready to drop an episode today, actually talking about the trade deadline and who we thought were the winners and losers. We, we do touch a little bit on the hold the Donoff situation. So,
1: Be sure to to search us out and check it out. Awesome. Tyler, thank you for coming on. Nice to meet you. All the best with the show this summer. And that's going to do it for another day of Vegas Hockey Hotline. Marie, we think fooled him again. We'll we'll see what my texts look like. Thanks to Tyler from Fourth Line Goon Hockey Podcast. Also want to thank Pete Jensen from the NHL Network again, along with Hart Levine from Puckpedia, Jim Barnes from Props.com, and of course our friends at Station Casinos and the STN app and Chuck Esposito, who uh, will join us every Monday and Friday. So we'll hear from Chuck again tomorrow. And in addition to Chuck, we'll also have Darren Elliott, broadcaster from the Vegas Golden Knights on, and Robbie Stanley will be on to talk about the Nashville Predators and the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll see you tomorrow for Stevie Slapshot. I'm Dana Lane. Thanks for joining us.
0: It's the good old hockey game. Take me where hockey players face off down the rink. The Stanley Cup is all filled up for the champs who win the drink. Now the final flick of the hockey stick and the one gigantic scream. The buck is in, the Canadians win the good old hockey game. Oh, the hockey game is the best game.